أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا أيها الذين آمنوا إذا نُدِيَ للصلاة من يوم الجمعة فاسأوا إلى ذكر الله ودار البيع ذلكم خير لكم إن كنتم تعلمون فإذا قوديت الصلاة فانتشروا في العرض وابتاخوا من فضل الله وذكروا الله كثيرا لألكم تفلحون وإذا رأوا تجارة أو لحوا فدوا إليها وترقوق قائما قل ما عند الله خير من اللحو ومن التجارة والله خير الرازقين بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قل هو الله أحد الله السمد لم يلد ولم يولد ولم يكن له كفوا أحد صدق الله العظيم Every moment that we're alive, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala presents us with um, a show which is truly spectacular. It's truly awesome. And yet we behave in a way which can only suggest that we, we don't see the show because we're not behaving like we're enchanted and enthralled and amazed. In fact, most of us walk around uh, sort of our heads hung low and um, not displaying the physiology of ecstasy. Because you can imagine that somebody who is in awe and in ecstasy and have a very particular posture, that have very particular facial expression. Most people don't carry either the posture or the facial expression. I think it, it's useful to um, try and account for why that is the case. I think the, the root of the problem is that this vessel of our attention, which has been designed to experience all, gets cluttered by other things. And the principal thing that it gets cluttered with is opinion. We, um, 
we somehow think that it's that uh, our holding of opinions of things is somehow significant and that even more embarrassing that our opinions are significant now I mean make no mistake the world that you walk through has doesn't actually give a brass farthing with regard to your comment on it oh that she's so nice oh that's so awful this is so that this is The sun will still come up in the east, it will still set in the west. The same birds will still fly across the sky. In fact, the world doesn't give a damn. With regard to your opinion of it. What you have to understand is that this... This, uh, this propensity that we have and this obligation that we think we owe to, our, owe to ourselves to be constantly opinionated, constantly have opinions of things, soaks up a very limited space and it then disables our ability to experience uh, what we've been designed to experience and that is enchantment, amazement. In fact, not only does it do that, it actually it, um, it, it, uh, it doesn't just take up the space, it actually sullies the space. It makes it, it pollutes the space. So there are two kinds of opinions that one can hold. One can hold fundamentally a negating opinion, or you can hold an affirming opinion. And I suppose the third uh, possibility is to hold no opinion at all. The proper demeanor of the fakir as is the third, is to hold no opinion at all. But it's not in a skeptical sense. It's in a sense of an appreciative openness which basically means to say it's a subtle good opinion. It's not a good opinion that sort of lists your good qualities and therefore seeks to put a tick behind you as like part of a discourse, in, you know, like a checklist. Uh, it's not like that at all. It's just without you having to demonstrate anything at all, insofar as you are, there's more good to you than bad. I accept that in principle. So it's that kind of a thing. It's not one that you need to demonstrate. You don't need to demonstrate anything at all. Tick, you are. Tick, you are. Tick, you are. <coughs> so it's not, it's, not, it's, not like, it's not like you're having to uh, replace the bad opinion that you have, the, bla the sort of negating description that you have or comment that you have on other people in your mind with a good comment of opinion because very often that's doing violence to the truth because the person does... It does do irritating things, and now you have to reprogram. So then, it's not that. It's just saying drop all of them, so you can just quietly, without having to justify, say yes. It's related closely to this problem of thinking that we need to hold an opinion, is that we constantly seek to justify our view of things. 
know, you don't have to justify yourself to anybody. And you certainly don't need to justify yourself to yourself. Uh, not, you don't owe it to anybody to have an opinion, and you don't owe it to anybody to justify any kind of a position. The moment you forego that, <coughs> you might think, I'm making myself a stupid thing here, I'm making myself a weak thing by not wanting to hold a position, justify and have an opinion. Exactly the opposite is true. You become a supple being that cannot be broken. The more opinions you have, the more rigid you become. The more rigid you become, the less you are able to bend with the blows of life as they come, and they will come. Uh, what makes it possible for you not to get smashed, not to get broken, is that you are supple. You don't resist. The degree to which you justify, the degree to which you are opinionated, is the degree to which you, you find it impossible not to resist. And that's, that's resistance, it's that rigidity that is actually the root of your weakness. Who are you resisting? What are you resisting? The thing that you're, taking, that you're actually taking on is not just the individual thing that you're resisting, it's all of that. And all of that is overwhelming. It is unstoppable. You're not going to resist it. The, the real skill is not to resist. The real skill is to bend. The real skill is not to, to occupy space and to stand out and to contend. There's a place for contention, but it's very limited. And we contend far too much. The real skill is learning how to stand in, to vacate space, to allow, to enable. That's the path we're on. When you learn that habit, then the fights that you pick are the ones that really should be picked. The problem is that we contend far too much. We, we're always arguing. We're always in, uh, in, in, in trying to demonstrate something or you know, uh, make a point. You know, it's like we're... Uh, one-man colleges of fuqaha, walking through the world pronouncing fatwas all the time. This one, this, this. Hmm. What fatwa? Who the hell do you think you are? Pronouncing this one's bad, this one's good, this is significant, this is that, this is that. The second thing that relates to the same thing is to actually forego your opinion about yourself. It's surprising how many people actually hold a not a very flattering opinion about themselves. This is as much of a waste of time as holding an unflattering opinion about anybody else. <coughs> so just as you must learn to deal with others with compassion and gentleness and kindness, you deal with yourself with the same kindness and compassion. That doesn't give you license to misbehave. Who says that gives you license to misbehave? In fact, it's easier not to misbehave if you don't take your own misbehavior that seriously. If I, if I say, I'm, I'm a drunk, then next time I've got a bottle in front of me, what do you think I'm going to do? 
I'm going to drink because I'm a drunk. I've just made that pronouncement about myself. Sometimes I have this weakness when it's there. Then it's easier for me to say no when it's there. Because it's not a sometimes thing. It's a something, it's like, it's nuanced. It's not absolute. So the same compassion and lack of judgment that we pronounce on others, we really should be pronouncing, we should be doing that with ourselves, particularly if you're on this path. So I had a conversation with somebody today. And I got the sense that this person was basically, in order to keep some semblance of inner gatheredness and strength, she had reversed herself into a tiny corner of her own life. Like not connecting with anything, not, you know. But then, so, so where do you reverse from there? I mean, if you're already in the corner, you, you know, you, you basically reverse yourself out of your own life. Allah didn't make us to be these pristine angels. He made Akhirah for angels. You'll get there. <coughs> if you want to help, we can help you get there quickly. <laughs> you know, this is for contending with struggle. This is dealing with stuff. It's not about this perfection. This self-important holiness. not helpful. You will find your Rabb on the platform of your inadequacy, on the platform of your brokenness, on the platform of your, of your weakness, on the platform of your, 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 your dinginess. That's where you'll find him. It's not giving you license to indulge in those things. You'll find him there because that is then when you say, Ya Rabb, help. That is when you'll find him, when that's when you'll come. But if you are busy congratulating yourself on your holiness and your adequacy and your perfection, what's, there's no need for him. Because you're adequate. You're self-sufficient. So we don't realize that our, our fatwa-wielding, opinionated way of being is a way of banishing the Divine Presence. You don't make your heart uh, a platform for awe and for ecstasy and for the Supreme Lover to come to visit. He won't come. Because there isn't a, a yearning heart there. There's a self-sufficient heart, a judging heart.